0: shout out the worldwide wide west everywhere we go we leave a worldwide mess
1: yes still rock live familiar says a lot about you if you're not feeling us
0: what up my fellow nick fans this is your guy marcellus ease and don't panic quite yet now we got a, quite a few different things going on right now leon rose is continuing to build the team around him We also got the NBA bubble about to open up, so that kind of opens up a small transaction window where guys can pick up two-way players. And the Knicks made a few different roster moves. And also with this COVID-19 situation and no fans being in the stands next season, this is gonna present a very unique opportunity in the way player contracts and free agency is approached. And a lot of new players that normally would have never hit the market will probably be on the market because having less fans in the stands is gonna be about a 40% drop in league revenue. And it's gonna affect a lot of different teams in a lot of different ways. And there's a lot of guys that were looking for a nice payday on their contract re-up. And most likely that's not gonna happen because there's no doubt the CBA is gonna to have to get reworked. So the players and owners are going to have to come together and rework that revenue split. Rework the salary cap under these new COVID conditions. But before we get to all that, Leon Rose is continuing to build his team around him. Last time we seen him hire Brock Aller, the guy out of Cleveland that was responsible for getting LeBron James all those new players that last season he was there. Even though Cleveland was salary capped, but they were still able to rework the numbers and get new players and still remain under a certain threshold so that kind of salary cap guru guy that's going to be brock aller on leon rose's team frank Zanon, he's a, an assistant gm for okc we all know okc they have a great reputation as far as rebuilding and scouting and searching for players and also for scouting he added walt perrin out of the utah jazz he spent 20 years there as an assistant gm his major skill set is scouting He was part of that front office team that put together that team that went to -to back-to-back finals against Jordan. He also found Andre Carolingo after the John Stockton, Karl Malone years. I mean, he has a very good resume behind him, and he's mainly there to help us in the 2020 NBA draft. So now with that said, we have a guy for the salary cap to crunch numbers, and we have guys for recruiting. So recently, Leon Rose hired a more personal guy and William Wesley, AKA Worldwide West. He's there for more relationship building as he has a long history of that with high profile guys like LeBron James, Allen Iverson, Drake, Jay-Z. And his reputation is much more than just business and brand building. He has a long history helping players through their personal life journeys and especially with their well-being. I mean, you could even look at the Allen Iverson situation with Reebok that clause that was in their deal that Al Iverson would get a certain payout after a certain age because of his current lifestyle at the moment when he signed that contract where he was just spending money recklessly. This is sort of a characteristic that Steve Mills was missing with players to build this sort of trust because we have seen Derrick Rose even admit he did not trust Steve Mills. So this more personal relationship is much needed for the franchise in order to help us recruit players. This is a pretty good hire by Leon Rose. The only downside to this is that it fully certifies the Knicks as a CAA organization. Now, even though the CAA has a lot of NBA agents, even other celebrities and other players from different sports, it fully certifies the Knicks because it was always rumored and pretty much well known throughout the NBA circles that a lot of players from that particular agency will get signed to that team. So, the only downfall is that players that maybe are in clutch sports might not end up going to the Knicks or in other agencies that rival CAA. If you guys got time, research that 2012 2013 Knicks team that went to the second round in the playoffs. Everybody was pretty much CAA. Even the coaching staff, Mike Woodson, everybody was CAA. So, again, the only downside to this is that we could be asked out of free agents. Particularly coming out of clutch sports off rip now. Leon Rose finally did his first public interview with the Knicks media, and low key, this is why a lot of people in the other media outlets are mad at James Dolan all the time and badmouth him. Is that he has his own media outlet for the Knicks staff, executive players to speak to where they can pretty much control the narrative and quiet is kept. A lot of teams in the NBA wish that they can do this, but I found it very interesting that Leon Rose spoke about Mitchell Robinson and RJ Barrett being the core to build around. And pay attention right here of how he sounds like when he speaks about the other younger talents on the team. It pretty much sounds like they're just surrounding pieces as he just gives them general compliments.
1: Right now, I look at Mitchell Robinson and RJ, you know, two young core pieces. I look forward to... You know, working with Kevin, I think he's just starting to scratch the surface. Frank Neal Akina, given the right circumstances, I think, can really prosper. And Dennis Smith, that's a special talent right there.
0: He also spoke about the process of finding a new coach right now and how Mike Miller is also involved in that process. He also gave a deadline of when they're going to make a decision on the head coach and the type of characteristics that they're looking for in the head coach which was kind of a giveaway that they're looking for someone to develop the team. Just pay close attention to his comments, but also a person that the players know is the one that's going to dictate everything. Not pretty much he's being dictated to, because this next coaching hire is going to let Knicks fans know exactly where the front office wants to take this team. Either we're going to be developing guys, or we're going to go after a lot of guys in 2021 and have a more competitive team a lot quicker.
1: We, we're setting it up in two phases. We're having shorter meetings kind of break the ice with the various uh, candidates and then we're going to have full uh, full interviews with the candidates and mike obviously is one of those candidates um, and that's going to probably we're anticipating that to go to mid to late july and uh, hopefully by the end of july make a decision whether it's to keep mike or to go in a different direction we want to find the, the right leader that can develop our young players as well as hold everyone accountable and take us from development to becoming a perennial winner we also want somebody that we think that will be collaborative with the front office and um you know someone that when you're in that huddle and you're looking in that coach's eyes All every player that's looking at him knows that that person is driving the ship and going to get the job done.
0: Now, based off those last comments, if I was to take a guess, I would say the Knicks are looking for a head coach that's more polished, more seasoned veteran coach that has a history of developing players. But the main issue here is what kind of polished coach is willing to take that Knicks job that has a history as being a revolving door of coaches and executives and even players. The only good thing about it is that whoever takes this job knows that if they sign for at least four years or more, they're gonna get paid out for a good portion of the contract while not being employed. <laughs> they're gonna take that Fisdale vacation. I'm not sure if you guys seen, man. Fisdale taking nice pictures now, his hair grew back. I didn't even know Fisdale had hair like that. He went from the Jeff Van Gundy stressed out haircut to the Tory Lane's package. Jesus Christ. Now, with the NBA about to open back up in Orlando, all 32 teams are allowed to participate in a small transaction window. They're allowed to pick up two-way players or other free agents. The Knicks had dropped Kadeem Allen and picked up Jared Harper, a 2009 undrafted player. He was waived by the Phoenix Suns on March 14th. He's a point guard, but we'll see what becomes of it. And surprisingly, but not surprisingly, the Knicks had also dropped Alonzo Trier. Now, Alonzo Trier has signed with Clutch Sports Back in February and once again like I said earlier with the William Wesley and the Leon Rose CAA Knicks connection I'm telling you it's going to be harder and harder for us to get certain free agents and that may have signified that he had no intention of even trying to attempt to come back to the Knicks even though he was going to be a restricted free agent. The Knicks were not going to match any offers that he was going to get. But Alonzo Trier, obviously, it wasn't a good fit because the person we picked up in place of him is not really as gifted as Alonzo Trier offensively, but he might be a much better fit for the team. And the player I'm talking about is Theo Penson. He's a six foot five shooting guard, 212 pounds. He also could play small forward, and the Brooklyn Nets had dropped him on June 23rd. So we'll see how he fits in with the Knicks. Theo did work his way up from having a training camp contract to a summer league contract, a two-way contract to a actual NBA two-year contract. So he worked his way up way from the bottom. So once again, we'll see how that plays out. Okay, last but not least, with this pandemic situation, many different opportunities will present itself. For the Knicks to grab some guys that normally would have never hit the market, but end up being on the market because of the new salary cap conditions heading into next season. As it's looking like, There's not going to be fans in the stands, which is going to equate to 40% less revenue. So the players and the owners are going to have to come back to the table and rework that CBA. The 50-50 splits, what's a max deal, what's a rookie max extension, etc. All these things have to be reworked because the fan revenue is going to have to be subtracted from that number. This presents a new dynamic for players that are going to be eligible for contract renewals, especially heading into next season with the salary cap predicted to be a lot lower. You look at Giannis's deal. Is he going to re-up under the new max contract conditions? Most likely, no. If he does re-up with the Bucks, it might be on a short end of a deal or it might be just for one year. And him being on that short-term deal opens up the possibility of him leaving the Bucks, especially if they don't achieve any type of championship aspirations in that small time frame. So the Bucks here may have had the rug pulled from underneath them because one of their main tools of leverage was to give Giannis a super max extension. And now with the CBA being reworked, that super max extension could look like a lot less money. So my fellow Knicks fans pay very close attention to see how that situation plays out. Next is Victor Oladipo, and he's looking for a super max deal in 2021. Now he is coming off an injury. And as we all know, the Indiana Pacers are already a cheap team. As we've seen this week alone, Paul George admitted why he left Indiana because they didn't want to spend the money to get blake griffin and it seems like they're already starting to give victor oladipo the runaround of why they can't give him an extension now victor oladipo still has to prove that he can return back to his original form even after that injury but with the salary cap being lowered and the reputation that the Indiana Pacers owner has for not spending money. Larry Bird grew frustrated with this. As we've seen this week alone, Paul George is another person to mention this. This is an owner that has a long history of just being cheap. So with the salary cap going down, does he even have an intention of giving Victor Oladipo even a max contract under the new terms. And then heading into the bubble, Victor Oladipo before that was coming back into season shape. He had one of his better games before the season abruptly ended. Will the Pacers even let him come back into the bubble and play as hard as he could to prove to them that he can get that next deal? So my fellow Knicks fans pay very close attention to how the Indiana Pacers play Victor Oladipo in this bubble? Are they going to let him return to playing over 30 to 35 minutes a game? How do they monitor him? Because I would not be surprised if they play him less minutes, make up excuses. That way they don't have to give him new deal in 2021. They can actually lowball him. Don't be surprised about that. So he may end up hitting the trade market next season on an expiring contract after getting frustrated with Indiana and the Pacers may dump him off to a contending team just to get some assets off. And you never know, that contending team may just let him go into free agency afterwards. So he may be on the open market for a reasonable price. So keep a close eye on Victor Oladipo. Now, another player on my list was Trey Young, but not anymore. He recently signed with Rich Paul and Clutch Sports, so, the likeliness of him being on a Knicks CAA team is very unlikely. But then again, Rich Paul, he does love the large contracts. But Trey Young in the past has voiced his frustrations with all the losing while being on the Hawks. And you never know, he may be looking for a way out. Now, the Atlanta Hawks do have a team option on Trey Young until 2022 but after that unless he goes for an extension he's no longer obligated to be on the hawks so that could be another opportunity there but then again like i said recently with him signing into clutch sports i'm not sure if going into a caa affiliated team is going to be the move that rich paul is going to make for trey young but we'll see how that plays out now a more likely scenario is to watch out for the ben simmons and Embiid fallout Now, before the season abruptly ended, Ben Simmons did have an injury where he was supposed to return near the playoffs, and Embiid basically had to carry the team. Now, they have gone through their ups and downs this season. It looks like Al Horford is not really a good fit. Jimmy Butler, this past offseason, he got on JJ Reddick's podcast, and he talked about how there was no real honesty within the 76ers organization. It's almost like the coach was scared to call out players and that they didn't really have an opportunity to win because guys didn't want to get called out so he said that there was barely any room for improvement now in and simmons people will be questioning if this if this is an actual good fit these guys are sometimes in each other's way but heading into the bubble they basically have no excuses they had plenty of time off simmons is healthy they need to go make their run the 76ers are pretty much cap strapped they signed a lot of guys horford tobias harris they're pretty much locked in. Everyone has guaranteed contracts for four to five years. There should be no excuses. The 76ers should be one of the top contending teams. Now, Embiid may grow frustrated with Simmons and vice versa. So, this may be an opportunity for the Knicks to get a trade off to either get Embiid or Simmons. If I was to take a, a guess, I would say Philadelphia may stick with Simmons and let Embiid go because you know, he's an injury risk, sometimes he's out of shape. But Embiid has a lot of ambitions to be a star and a regular season MVP. So hopefully he can take things more serious and it could be an opportunity for us to get a guy like Embiid. When he's locked in and in game shape, he is a game changer for sure. So my fellow Knicks fans pay very close attention to the 76ers, especially in that bubble, as they are definitely on the clock. Their management has spent a lot of money in the offseason. There's a lot of guaranteed contracts out there. And they have guys like Josh Richardson on a very cheap contract, I believe two more years. And Al Horford, he's getting older. So they are definitely on the clock. Ben Simmons and Embiid, they got to make it happen now. Now, another duo to pay attention to for maybe a possible fallout is the Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert situation. Now, we all know how Gobert contracted COVID. People are, were spreading rumors that he possibly gave it to Mitchell, but Mitchell could have got it from anywhere. But it'll be very interesting to see, heading back into the bubble, how this affects their relationship and their chemistry. Now, Rudy Gobert will be a free agent in 2021. He's been a top defensive player for years, and he is definitely a game changer defensively, especially on the boards. That same summer, Mitchell Robinson will also be a restricted free agent for the Knicks, but the Knicks will be able to match offers that he gets. So just in case we don't actually get to match an offer that Mitchell Robinson gets, it's possible that we can actually go after Gobert or even possibly Donovan Mitchell. Even though Mitchell is locked in for 2022, he may not want to play for Utah anymore, and they may actually trade him a year ahead to get some assets, especially with the cap coming down. You don't know how financially it affects some of these teams, especially some of these small market teams. And just looking at the amount of salary that Utah is committed to, especially with Mike Connolly, they may actually try to get rid of guys like Rudy Gobert, or should I say in the French way, Gobert, and even other guys on the team just to get rid of some salary due to the fact that the salary cap will go down next season. So this may end up frustrating Donovan Mitchell because his team is getting worse and he's already in a small market. So you never know, he may want to go elsewhere. Now, moving on to the 2020 free agent list, there are a number of players that could fill up some of the roster holes that we have currently. And especially at point guard, we have Fred Van Vliet. He's having a breakout season in Toronto. If you guys haven't checked out Toronto this season, they had a bunch of injuries in almost every single position. Now, a lot of players, especially like Fred Van Vliet, with the finals experience and last year's playoff run, which is perhaps one of the greatest playoff runs by a team low-key, they beat the 76ers, the Bucks and it beat the Golden State Warriors. These guys are not afraid of the big moment. He is a restricted free agent, and he will be 26 by the time he hits the market. So if we can give him a good offer, maybe Toronto's not gonna match. This is a great player to look at for the Knicks. He plays a very team-oriented game, offensively and defensively. And quiet as kept, even though he's a point guard, he could fulfill the shooting guard position very easily. He offers a lot of flexibility, and one of Toronto's more successful lineups this season has been putting Kyle Lowry at point guard and Fred Van Vliet at shooting guard. Now, the final three players I'm going to name here could actually help us stretch the floor a little bit and bring some more consistent shooting from three. Number one, Davis Bertans. He's going to be very sought after. He had an excellent season shooting this year for the Wizards. He'll be 28 unrestricted free agent, and he's definitely a player to look out for. Number two, Joe Harris out of Brooklyn, former three-point shooting champion. In 2019, he shot 47% from three for the whole season in over 70 games. He'll be 29. This will also be another player at small forward, just like Bertans. And these are definitely guys that can help us stretch out the floor. And number three out of Sacramento, Bogdan Bogdanovic. Now, the only reason I believe he will be able to hit the free agency market with ease is because the Sacramento Kings had committed too much salary already to plays like Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald. They still gotta pay De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley. They're just too over leveraged with salary right now. And I believe they're gonna end up losing Bogdan even though he's a restricted free agent and they'll have the ability to match. They probably won't end up matching because they don't have the salary cap to match because they still have to sign some of their other younger players. And especially with the salary cap going down, it's not going to help them out at all. So Brogdon, he sh- he really shouldn't be on the free agent list, but he really is just an unrestricted free agent when you think about it. Because like I said, Sacramento is really cap-strapped. Brogdon is a very good three-point shooter, and he's another player that's going to be very sought after. So very poor mismanagement by the Sacramento Kings. They paid Buddy Heald a lot of money just to realize that he's more effective coming off the bench. And guys like Brogdon, they should have definitely read up on his contract but now they can't because they're cash strapped. But it is what it is. Like I said, with the incoming salary cap changes, and when you add that in with certain nuances with players and certain teams, there's a lot of potential for the Knicks to grab up some players here. But until next time, you guys stay safe. And don't forget to check out my other channel, Orange Cookies, for around the NBA coverage and talk a lot about what's going on within this bubble and some of the nuances that are taking place there. But until next time, you guys stay safe. Peace.